0: Paxton Quigley is rolling out the green carpet, talking to the creme de la creme of innovators and influencers who are shaping the world of cannabis and culture. Welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley.
1: Hello to all of you cannabis aficionados and, and welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. But before we introduce today's amazing guests, I'd like to briefly mention a novel that I wrote about several years weed-smoking women. My novel is called Just Try Me and I'm told it tends to attract people who appreciate, shall we say, spicy intrigue. One reviewer, a man said, if the action doesn't grab you, the sex will. He called it a page-turner of anticipation as the plot twists and turns. Just Try Me is available on paperback and Kindle on Amazon. And now, I'd like to introduce today's guest, an amazing, strong-willed man, Weldon Angelos, a successful hip-hop artist and music producer who worked with legends like Snoop Dogg and Tupac Shakur's recording group. And then something happened in 2003. Weldon was 24 years old at the time, and he was arrested by the Salt Lake City Police for selling several ounces of weed to them in a series of controlled buys. Once his case went to court because of mandatory minimum sentencing, Weldon was given, if you can imagine this, 55 years in federal prison without the possibility of early release or parole. Now, the presiding judge in Weldon's case back then said on numerous occasions that he himself viewed the punishments, punishment, excuse me, as draconian. But mandatory minimum sentencing is, well, mandatory. Now, this was Weldon's first arrest as an adult, and it was a nonviolent, victimless offense Thankfully Weldon was released after nine years. Now I'm not here to tell his story. I want Weldon to tell his story. Weldon, I'm proud to introduce Weldon Angelos. He hails from Salt Lake City, Utah. Weldon, welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Certainly. Now let's get started. Well, Lynn, you're a real hero for so many reasons, and, and your present advocacy seems just such, so boundless, which we will talk about later. But, but first, I'd like to know a little bit about your personal story. So take us back to your life as a 23-year-old hip-hop artist in Utah with a very promising career. What was it like? What was happening?
2: Well, I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make music with um, some of the people I grew up listening to as a kid, <clears throat> and I worked really hard to get there. I actually started um, when I was probably about 15, um, and I was actually you know, going to L.A. and meeting some of the legends that I ultimately ended up producing music with. Um, and we, we did a song, me and Snoop Dogg did a weed-smoking song called A Little More Dope to Smoke. We made a video to it, kind of like a funny video, and the local authorities had somehow caught wind of this and got a hold of some of the raw footage. They were using the confidential informant, someone I had grown up with as a child, who had went to prison and recently got out and got himself in some more trouble and was facing a long sentence. Um, because of my involvement with Snoop Dogg and all the people I was bringing to Salt Lake City, Utah, you know, they had a, a, a an interest in me, basically, and this informant, had, when he got in trouble, he had offered to basically give up cartel members, um, give uh, tell about murders, and w- when they asked him, he, he was there was like, "What else do you want?" And they said, "We don't want that. We want Weldon Angelos." And even the informant was shocked, like, "I'm offering to give you cartel members and murders," <clears throat> and they're like, "No, we want Weldon Angelos." He's like, "Oh, Why, that's wait, be when wait a
1: second? Why did they want you? I mean, you you were so called small fry compared that's to the ultimate cartels." Question.
2: That's something. Uh, I mean, the only inference you can draw from it is that it was because of my association with Snoop Dogg and and, and hip hop. Um, And we would later find out that they looked at me like I was bringing Ebola into Utah with the weed, smoke and rap culture. And they wanted to keep me out. And so, you know, they wanted to teach me a lesson as as well as, um, you know, Enhance their careers by being able to uh, they thought taking me down would lead to the arrest of, you know Famous recording artists and so that didn't happen and they basically, you know punished me for it And so they offered me uh, a very very unfair plea offer of 16 years for one cannabis sale worth $300 So over the course of a month, I had sold $300 to this informant three times. So it was $900 worth of cannabis um, and it wasn't like I was doing it for money. You know, he came to us. We just had weed around us. You know, we had a lot of weed. We were, I was in, you know, the weed game. So, um, you know, when he had asked for it, I just basically was giving it to him as a favor. It wasn't like I was making money. <clears throat> and so some crafty prosecutor was able to turn those three cannabis cells into a 20-count federal indictment where I was facing 105 years at trial. In order to get that, they had to stack my sentences, and the informant also gave information that was basically false to enhance my sentence. And, you know, because of those false allegations, we went to trial. I I lost some counts, won some others, ended up with a mandatory 55-year sentence. The sentence was so extreme that even the judge, who was a very conservative George W. Bush appointee, called it cruel, unjust, and even irrational and asked the president to commute my sentence.
1: Now, at the same time, I understand you—you you had a family, you, you had young children. Uh, how did you feel about this whole thing? I mean, what was going on in your mind during I mean, all this? I, I was being unfairly
2: attacked by the federal government. They literally were, um, you know, bringing out their big guns for a small-time person because, you know, I, I would had a successful career. It wasn't like you know I was—we were moving diesel loads of, of, of drugs. This was small amounts of cannabis, but the fact is I was making the wrong kind of music in the wrong city. And, you know, so I basically put the federal government's crosshairs on me by the people I was working with. Even at trial, they focused on my rap career, not on, you know, the underlying charges because they would look so petty to the jury. So they basically introduced lyrics from music I produced for artists like Mac Dre and Snoop Dogg. The prosecutor actually opened his closing statement with, rap lyrics he actually rapped lyrics from one of the albums I produced to show the jury like this is what this is all about and the lyrics I didn't write myself I produced the the music and the album and so and at trial they introduced exhibits of 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 hip-hop clothing and hip-hop culture and and basically tied me into Snoop Dogg's gang that he was affiliated with when he was a youngster and so it was just really, uh, I think, attack on hip-hop and, and cannabis. I think, you know, that's what this was all about. And, you know, they didn't want this coming to Utah. They, they thought that if they and let me bring this kind of connection to Utah, they will have invited moral corruption, essentially. And they had to keep me out. And that's what, that's what they did. And so I ended up with the mandatory 55-year sentence. Um, and my case became a cause celebre for conservatives and liberals. I had... People on the left, people on the right fighting for my release, Um, Senator Mike Lee, um, Senator Cory Booker, Senator Rand Paul, and others had created this coalition. And even the Koch brothers stepped up and fought for my release. And it took 13 years. um, And thanks to these, you know, these lawmakers and celebrities like Alicia Keys and Bonnie Raitt and Mike Epps and Snoop Dogg and um, all these people that I was released um, after serving 13 years um, on March or May 31st, 2016.
1: Wow. Now, do you know anything about the the snitch? By the way, what what happened to your so called uh, a friend that snitched on you? Yeah. So
2: he got immunity, and this is rare. the The craziest thing about my case is his charges were worse than mine, and he got full immunity, which is rare. Even the Supreme Court said most people that cooperate they get a cut in their sentence. They get their sentence maybe cut in half or a reduction. He he his charges disappeared from the criminal justice system altogether. So yeah, no charge. They relocated them. They treated me like I was some cartel member with all this relocation and everything, just because my case, you know, became, uh, you know, in the national media, but they literally treated this gentleman like he had taken down, uh, you know, one, one of the cartel members, like, you know, El Chapo or something. And it was just ridiculous. And so they had to justify all the money and time they spent into securing so little amount of, of marijuana. It was ridiculous. And so this gentleman relocated and, you know, he went on to commit more crimes. He committed crimes as an informant. He he kidnapped somebody. He stabbed somebody. He was using methamphetamines. He was carrying a gun as a felon. And they covered this up just in order to secure my conviction.
1: I think this is a horrible, horrible story. Uh, We've got a break uh, for a commercial. Uh, Folks, when we come back, we will return and resume our discussion with Weldon Angelos and we'll be talking about prison reform and cannabis. Stay tuned.
0: More High Society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors.
1: Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Sugis in your drink. Order your Sugis now at
0: SHOOGIES.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Sugis, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Paxton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on cannabisradio.com.
1: Folks, we're back again, and I want to continue our discussion that we've been having with Weldon Angelos about his life in prison a little bit about your life in prison and also about your family what was your family doing all this time and i understand that your sister went to great lengths to to get your sentence reduced can you tell us about that too
2: yeah so my sister basically became the face of my campaign for freedom Um, you know, we had a lot of, uh, you know, contacts in the entertainment industry. And, you know, a lot of political figures were concerned about my sentence, because, you know, when, when a judge that's so conservative that he tried to overturn Miranda rights in the Supreme Court, he's so conservative, he is against the exclusionary rule, where if an officer finds evidence illegally, that it should be suppressed. He's against that. So he's a very tough on crime judge. And, For him to say this, he wrote a 67 page opinion decrying the punishment and basically comparing my sentence to a terrorist, a hijacker, to a child rapist and saying I got the sentence equivalent of uh, the rapist of a 10 year old child, uh, airplane hijacker and a terrorist who attempted to detonate a bomb. I got the equivalent of all three of their sentences together. And so he made that comparison. And the same day he sentenced me, he sentenced a second degree murderer and the maximum he could give him. Was 17 years. My minimum was 55, and so, you know, he he wrote this amazing opinion that opened the eyes of other federal judges, other people in the conservative uh, side who actually were normally against criminal justice reform. And so, conservatives started to open their eyes to these to these crazy sentences. And so, I think you know, with my judge. And, and other people approaching us, you know, my sister became the face of this movement to free me. And so she would be the one that would go testify before Congress. She would be meeting with senators and, and and helping us get support letters and, and, and just organizing this campaign. And it took a long time. It was a lot of suffering, but it was definitely worth it.
1: When you say long time, I mean, was it actually years for all of this to, to unwind? Yes, it
2: was, it, it, it had. T- taken um, I think my appeals were exhausted the first couple years. And uh, when President Obama was elected president, that's when we started creating a campaign for a presidential pardon essentially. And so we reached out to one of our number one supporters, which was the local mayor of Salt Lake City, Rocky Anderson, and basically we started there and we just created an amazing coalition that included you know, all the senators I named, <clears throat> all the different celebrities and also a group of 100, 165 former federal judges, former federal prosecutors, and former U.S. attorneys general who actually signed on a letter um, asking President Obama to release me immediately.
1: Well, you've got a tall story there. But what surprises me is, is to hear that the Koch brothers got involved because they're truly conservative, and I'm sure that they're, they're, they were anti-cannabis, right?
2: At the time, yes. At the time, they were definitely anti cannabis. They, they had actually been working on criminal justice reform, I think, since around 2000. And 12, I believe, or even before that, they had an, a run-in with the criminal justice system where some of their employees were wrongfully indicted uh, to the extent where the prosecutor had to publicly apologize. And so they had started donating to the National Association of Criminal Defense Attorneys. And when they see my case, they were already looking to enter the, 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 the criminal justice reform um, arena and, and do so publicly because a lot of the stuff they did were behind the scenes. And so they had reached out to my sister and basically wanted to make me, you know, their poster child. I mean, I was already the poster child for, you know, Mike Lee and Cory Booker and a bunch of different uh, celebrities. But the Cokes, you know, they had a lot of uh, a pool with conservative lawmakers. And so they created a story, a, a short documentary that they shared with like the most conservative uh, members of Congress, which resulted in actually a lot of people changing their hearts and minds on this issue, including uh, someone named Chuck Grassley who actually was the, uh, the chair of the Judiciary Committee. And you can't get reform without him endorsing it. And so he actually had a change of heart because of my story and other stories.
1: Did you ever meet any of these so-called famous people?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, some of the people I knew before my arrest, like the entertainers. Um, but when I got out in uh, May of 2016, I hit the ground running. I went to DC, I um, uh, met with Senator Mike Lee. We did a little press conference in his uh, office and uh, I met with Cory Booker, you know, I, we, I met with all the people who were essentially fighting for my release. I did a couple panels with Cory Booker on the war on marijuana and, and worked with both of them and even the White House. I've been to the White House multiple times, um, you know, and I worked on this president with, on, with the First Step Act. And we got that passed in December of 2018. The First Step Act essentially uh, reformed the statute that allowed me to get 55 years and so the coalition that helped get me out, you know, we, I brought them to the table with the Cokes and everyone else to create a coalition to get the First Step Act passed. And so that was the first criminal justice reform since 1970. And so it was an amazing piece of legislation. But as we were at the White House celebrating in December of 2018, I realized that this bill, although, you know, very um, powerful and does a lot of good, it doesn't affect people in prison for cannabis, and so that's where I said, I know I need to step up and do something for people I left behind, like my friend Luke Scarmazzo, who got 22 years for operating a legal cannabis dispensary in Modesto. It was a medical dispensary, and he got prosecuted under the talent of the George Bush administration, and he got 22 years. And so, you know, this bill, we were celebrating it, but now I wait a second, this,
1: this, was, this was, he had a legal dispensary, yet he got 22 years. <laughs> well, what went wrong there?
2: So basically, he had a medical dispensary in California, fully state compliant, and he made a rat video that, you know, said a few things about the federal government that they didn't like. And so when they seen this video, they went and raided his dispensary and they indicted him because cannabis is still illegal under federal law, regardless of whether the state permits it or not. And so they have the discretion to arrest him and prosecute him, and they could allow all the other dispensaries dispensaries to operate and just prosecute him alone. Um, now, today, that wouldn't be possible because of a congressional rider that's been introduced every year since 2014 that protects medical uh, cannabis dispensaries. And so we're arguing now to try to get him out um, that today he would not be prosecuted. And so he should be released. He's already been down 12 years. I was able to help get his co-defendant out. There were two individuals that got 22 years, Luke and Ricardo Montes. We petitioned President Obama, and he granted Ricardo Montez's petition, but denied Luke's.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, we've we got so much more to talk about. Uh, so the next thing I'd really like to get to is that you formed an organization. And um, did you? how did that come about? I mean, all right, you got angry. Uh, you, you got out of jail. You worked with a lot of people. And then why did you decide that you wanted to start a special organization to help prisoners that, are, that basically were having the same problem that you were having?
2: Right. And so after we passed the First Step Act, um, you know, it, it would start, it would prevent, you know, future Weldon Angelos's, right? Um, but not Luke Skarmazos. And I think, in my opinion, when I, when I knew I was getting out, I had told them, I think you're more, de- more deserving than I am. You know, you were following the law. You know, I wasn't, um, and even though my sentence was far worse than his, he was following state law, and so I felt when we passed the First Step Act and when I read his message on Core Links, that he was like, congrats, this is good, um, you know, I got 10 more years left or whatever he said, and I was just saddened that, you know, we couldn't provide relief for him, and that's why I started this organization with a few friends of mine in the entertainment industry um, called The Weldon Project, and our first initiative was Project Mission Green, Um, We we launched Mission Green that month in 2018, um, and it's dedicated solely to the freedom of uh, people in prison for cannabis offenses. We're the first organization to dedicate, you know, uh, an an organization solely to the freedom and release of cannabis prisoners. And so what we wanted to do was unite my connections in the entertainment industry with the cannabis industry. Because the cannabis industry needs to fund these initiatives because the people like Luke, whose stories, horror stories, help push the needle in favor of reform, you know, they're part of the reason why they can enjoy the fruits of legalization. And so they have to benefit from the legal industry. We can't leave them behind. And so, you know, we took our entertainer connections and, and united with some cannabis companies that really care about this issue. And, you know, and then we're using, you know, that, coalition to lobby the people in DC to do something. And so we actually worked directly with the White House on presidential commutations. And in February, Project Mission Green uh, met with the White House. We were It was February, I think February 23rd, we delivered a letter, hand delivered a letter. They let us bring a camera crew in and we were able to film the meeting. And we delivered this letter asking the president to commute sentences like Luke's. If someone's in prison for a low-level cannabis offense or today they would no longer be prosecuted because of state um, state law changes, then they should be released immediately.
1: Wow, you have a fantastic story. And we still have, have more time to talk again about what you're doing and of course we we want to tell our listeners how they can learn more about your organization in terms of your website et cetera, et cetera. so for so first we've got to take another commercial break uh, but when we return we'll be talking again to Weldon Angelos
0: more high society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors Doc Rob, the concierge for better living.
2: Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently
0: to improve our well being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living. While sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life, learning
2: to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better.
0: The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com.
1: the business of Cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself.
0: Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store?
2: I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What
0: are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Dexton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Folks, we're back again and we're talking to Weldon and we're talking about something really serious in terms of what happened to him a number of years ago and what he is doing now to help prisoners who are in jail for crimes that they shouldn't have been in in the first place probably – and I wanted to first talk about how uh, people can get it. Can people get involved with your organization? Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They can go to weldonproject.org or find us on Instagram at, at Project Mission Green. Um, You know, we have a lot of ways that um, individuals can participate in this movement, as well as people who are in the cannabis industry. We recently launched a cannabis brand that is an extension of the Mission Green Initiative. It's called Reform Cannabis with two E's. I put reefer and REFORM together. And essentially, um, you know, with some of the proceeds from REFORM is going to go directly to people who are still in prison for cannabis. And so people can participate by purchasing our products, dispensaries that carry our products, and dispensary owners can also help us by just carrying our products. Um, And there's also another program we're doing with Kush Supply Co. where we're creating Mission Green packaging, and these cannabis companies and brands can purchase this Mission Green uh, uh, products, and 50% of the proceeds goes to Mission Green. And so Kush Supply Co. is really, um, you know, supporting us to a very high, at a very high level.
1: That's terrific. Now tell me, are you working, let's say, with national organization to reform marijuana laws, or are they just totally doing something really separate from you? Do you you communicate with them or uh, have anything to do with them?
2: Absolutely. We work with DPA. We recently had a phone call with them on working to try to get the MORAC passed. Um, And so, yeah, we definitely work with like-minded organizations because our goal is freedom and, you know, in order to achieve that goal completely, we need, uh, we need to end prohibition. We can get so many people out on clemency, but there's still thousands that are going to be in prison across the country. And so we need national reform and, and we need to end prohibition. And the Moore Act accomplishes that. And if we can get, you know, cannabis taken, removed from the federal criminal code, it will release thousands of people in federal prison who are serving decades for small amounts of cannabis.
1: Well, I would love to have you on again when you've got something big to announce. We we would certainly like to be part of that announcement. And um, uh, again, um, I I respect what you're doing. And also, uh, the time that you had to spend behind bars must have been terrible, not only for you, but for your family. And I thank you very much for being on the show today. And please, again, tell people how they can get in touch with the organization. Please give your website.
2: Yeah, just go to the Weldonproject.org. You can sign up as a volunteer. Or you can you know, share our page or you can donate. There's, there's multiple ways to get involved. Um, and we're, we're doing some amazing projects coming up in the future um, and we'll be announcing those soon.
1: Great. So again, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. And I hope Thanks to hear from me. you again. Yes, thank you very much. And also, we'd like to thank all of our listeners and invite you to stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn by going to High Society with Paxton Quigley. And folks, in these times, stay healthy, stay home, and if you have to, stay home all the time if you really have to, and stay in touch. I'm Paxton Quigley.